This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find more of our work at obsessiveviewer.com. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer. And you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer, where you can uh, pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to a special RSS feed that's strictly for Patreon subscribers, where we release uh, regular content that is uh, fun and enjoyable and... Uh, it's not as good as the full episodes, but still pretty solid. <laughs> um, I'm your host, the aforementioned Matt Hurt, and with me today is recurring co-host Robert Feckus. Hello. Hello. And he can be found on Twitter at R.A. Feckus and on Instagram at Nerdster330 and also Snapchat at Nerdster330. That's right. Yeah. Feckus, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? I am doing quite well. Um, happy I'm, Boxing Day. Oh, yes. Happy Boxing Day happy to boxing you as day. well. Yes. Um, I'm realizing I'm woefully unprepared because I did not make any notes for this episode. <laughs> so this is fun. Um, but yeah, we ended the Patreon, um, uh, clip with me teasing, um, information about an Aquaman thing with Entourage. Uh, you're not familiar with this reference. I am not. I am not. Um, yeah, I thought you were trying to make like a Titanic joke with water stuff. I don't oh, know. No. Well, in and I'm sad to report that I know so much about this because I, I think Entourage is just a terrible show. Well, um, I've never watched a single episode of Entourage. Which so. is why you don't know this reference. Okay. <laughs> um, so first of all, um, I've been listening to Comedy Bang Bang and like the, their back episodes from like way back in like 2009, 2010. And I don't remember if I mentioned this on the podcast, but they do – uh, <laughs> they, they used to do when Entourage was airing, they used to do like, uh, Entourage recaps. And it would be basically, they would play the theme song for Entourage, and then the host would be like, um, alright, this week on Entourage, and then pause, and then he would say something completely insignificant, like, Vinny joined Facebook. <laughs> because that's what that show was. That show was just rich people becoming richer, famous people becoming more famous, and like, their most the most hard hardship that they faced was whether or not to get like a three picture deal or a two picture deal. Like it was very much just a, a really, uh, I, it sounds was fun. Sounds, it sounds wasn't, I really didn't like it, but there was a, uh, plot thread where, uh, a recurring plot where, uh, Vinny chase, this, the, the movie star of the show played by Adrian Grenet, Grenier, um, he, <laughs> he was up for the role of Aquaman in the James Cameron directed uh. Aquaman movie. <laughs> um, spoiler alert, he got the role. We actually see a small clip from the movie of him like on a dock and he's running and he's about to jump into the water and then the power goes out in the theater and stuff. Um, was he yeah. serviceable Aquaman? Uh, I don't know. Probably, he was no Jason Momoa. No, nope. I'll say that. Few, few are. I know, but uh, but yeah. So that was uh, that was that was interesting. <laughs> um, it's I do like like as much shit as I give Entourage. I do 
appreciate that they like like in their world like James Cameron made Aquaman cuz that's like I don't see James Cameron making like a comic book movie but like Aquaman, but if he but if he would yeah Aquaman would be like one of the ones that I right. would see James Cameron yeah and maybe that's just because he did Titanic and loves to do undersea stuff exactly but, he has such a yeah. boner for the water he does <laughs> that I can uh, see him doing that um, but yeah so that's that's the little entourage thing this episode um, <laughs> yeah and uh, let's see so this is technically a bonus episode so. I don't technically have like any stuff to bring up, but I do want to touch on one thing that happened on Christmas Eve. Mm. Um, so, (laughs) Oh, so today is December 26th and on December 24th, um, Kevin Spacey broke his silence. Um, if you remember earlier this, like much earlier this year, the beginning of this year, he, um, basically was uh, ostracized from Hollywood and the in the public eye because it came to light that he was a sexual predator uh, alleged but you know um, Anthony Rapp came forward and told about a situation in which he was uh, physically and sexually assaulted by Kevin Spacey when he was when he Anthony Rapp was a teenager and then 14 I believe 14. And when, when Kevin Spacey was like 24. But it's okay though, because it's Kevin, okay. he was drunk. Yeah, and it's know? okay because he's gay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you remember his, his, uh, his statement was he tried to deflect, which in retrospect, like, I, I can understand, like, it's, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> yeah, but right. I well, can. Well, who among us didn't know that he was gay though? Well, that's the thing. Like, it was the worst, like, kept secret, which is, like that's fine. Like yeah, you know, it's, whatever. It's no big deal. But what I think, like if I if I were to put myself into that mindset, I would think, okay, this is 2018. We're living in a world where, not to get political, but like the president and the president's office will deflect all kinds of stuff to get the public eye away from something. Oh, we had the highest, the highest attended inauguration. No, you didn't. Oh, alternative facts and like just they'll brush it aside. So like. Yeah, I can I can kind of see the thought process of Kevin Spacey being like, I've decided to live as a gay man now, and then failing I, miserably at delivering that. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I I just feel like Kevin Spacey's been completely tone deaf about this entire oh, situation, absolutely. and I just oh yeah, that's why I said like it's a bold strategy for him to do that like earlier this year, but it's like it's it seems like it's the only gambit that he had, which is a shitty thing to say because it's like it's you know there's serious allegations and it's a serious sure. issue. But it's like if you're going to try to deflect, like was he going for sympathy? It's like oh he was gay and I, 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 I honestly just, don't know. I really don't know what the I don't know. It, it, I it's think just it was so a Bill Mary to try to deflect attention, but Christmas Eve. <laughs> He, oh my God! Threw so, another Hail Mary. Yeah, like I don't even know what the fuck it was. He basically, uh, so, so as a consequence of him being, uh, you know, me too'd, um, he was uh fire, fired from House of Cards. They Re- replaced and yeah. uh, what, what was the name of that movie? Oh, replaced in All the Money in the World. All the Money in the World. Yeah, and uh, but he was he was. Uh, dropped from House of Cards entirely. Like, the entire last season had, like, they kept their distance from him. They did not even, like, it was, it was kind of interesting. And, I mean, that show was 
that show was absolutely god awful in its final season. But I didn't even bother to watch. It, it. was terrible. But um, and it seemed like they were overcorrecting too. Like it was. It was weird. There, there's a longer conversation to be had, but right. anyway. And you've had it, so. Yeah, so Christmas Eve, he released a, a three and a half. Uh, I'm burping. Hang on. Uh, or about to burp. I'm good. <laughs> anyway, um, Christmas Eve, he released about a three and a half minute video of him in presumably his kitchen wearing a Christmas sweater, speaking in at, like, speaking in character as Francis Underwood. Talking about the character Frank Underwood while also commenting on the allegations against him in a roundabout way. Well, not only that, it's it's all due to he's now being formally charged. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was he's formally charged for I think sexual assault. Yeah. Um, for the uh busboy at a Nantucket uh restaurant. Apparently, it's on. I I read the news today. There's video of it. Oh, really? Yeah interesting and see uh also shout out to the uh nantucket restaurant it's the club car which was featured heavily in uh beloved 90s sitcom wings which <laughs> oh, took place on Nantucket. okay yeah. it was a random plug of anyway the, uh, day. yeah so um yeah i haven't read anything about the about the charges or anything but yeah it's uh this video was just so freaking bizarre did you watch it i read the transcript of it okay. i did not watch it uh but yeah, he's just kind of like say, saying he's he's paid his dues to what he did, and he will not pay for what he didn't do. Yeah, something like really cryptic uh, and weird about that. And yeah, and I think he's referring as like, "Hey, look, I may have fucked up when you know, uh, you know, years ago, mm-hmm. but I will not uh, take the blame for this this new criminal allegation." Right. But it's just uh, I I can't imagine like who. Did he talk to anybody about this? Did yeah. he like, hey, call his agent? Like, hey, look, this is what I'm thinking. And his agent's like, go, go for it, man. Right. It's, it's going to work out. I, yeah. People love Frank Underwood. Like, there is literally no, I, I don't, I can't fathom how anyone would think that this was a good idea. Uh, yeah. I just like, who's, at all. Who, who's got his ear? Yeah. And like, he's, he was, uh, like, the way he was talking was like, he was implying that like, uh, we as an audience love his work so much that we're willing to overlook, you know, heinous acts of sexual assaults and uh, terrible things. To be fair, and I, and I bring this up uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit. It seems the general public has no problem overlooking the heinousness of Michael Jackson. That's true. That's true. People will defend him to this day, mm-hmm. despite the fact that it is public. And recorded knowledge that they took a truckload of child pornography out of his house. Did they really? Yeah. When the FBI served the search warrants on his house after his uh, death for the Mm -hmm. investigation into the doctor, Mm -hmm. they took a ton of kitty porn out of there. Wow. And no no one talks about it. But he was a genius and he was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) He could dance. Yeah. and he's dead, so we need to respect him. <laughs> right. No, I, I, I always pull that card out when people yeah. start talking about that sort of thing. I I will never listen to a Michael Jackson song ever again. I mean, he, he was a child predator. He was a predator. He was yeah. a- I'm kind of the same way with uh, Chris Brown. Not that I really listen to Chris Brown music, but... Uh, no, yeah. I, I agree with you on that. You know, yeah. Ch- Chris Brown is a uh, piece of shit. Oh, so. yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. But he sure can dance. He can dance, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, good. 
But it's just it's such a weird thing. This Kevin Spacey video, like I was reading comments on it. One of one of my favorite comments was, "I can't wait until they replace." Uh, they bring in Christopher Plummer to replace him in this video. <laughs> I thought that was that was really good. That's clever. I like <laughs> and, that. Uh, and then another, like there was other ones that were like, this is kind, this like kind of like the, like they were saying, like I honestly thought that he was gonna like kill himself in this video because it's so <laughs> fucking bizarre. Um, that w- that that yeah. would seem like. Yeah. That's where it would be going. Yeah. Huh. And, uh, the general consensus was this, uh, this bizarre ass three to four minute clip is still better than the entirety of season six of House of Cards, <laughs> which I actually agree with. That's funny. But it's weird because, like, at the end of it, like, he's, he's speaking as Francis Underwood. Right. And he is, which also, that alone is, like, the most tone deaf thing because. I'm surprised Netflix didn't, like. I, that's what I was Have wondering. they made a statement about it? I don't think so. Not that I've seen. They're but, probably still trying to wrap their heads around I know. <laughs> like, it's so, it's so weird. Cause he's like, in like, the most cringy and creepy thing about it is like, he says like, I know what you want. Like a few times referring to like, oh, you want to be entertained by me or whatever. It's like, don't say that. Yeah. Like, don't use those words. Is it, man, it's so sad. This is yeah. take a tragic turn for yeah. Kevin Spacey, whom mm. I, Used to have nothing but the utmost respect for as right. a, as an actor, and now it's yep. just fucking great. Yeah. And another side of it, because it's the video is so cryptic that no one can make heads or tails of it. But one of the interesting things that I kind of think would be really like it wouldn't redeem him in any in any stretch, but it would be really interesting to see. Like you can kind of read into some of what he said as being a veiled threat, saying that like, well, you know, I'm if I'm going to go down for the things that I've done, I'm not going to go down for the things I haven't done, and the truth will come out. Kind of like some people are reading that to think like he's going to like name names, he's going to like go out, like he's going to. And if, and if he does, him. if yeah, no, again, like you said, it's not redeemable in any fashion. Right. But hey, if he has. Mm-hmm knowledge of other fucking predators then right okay i'll oh, li- i'll listen yeah but also maybe don't release a video if you're yeah. gonna do that. like just uh, just have say, a few yeah, depositions right. and then <laughs> go from there um yeah, it's just such a weird turn yeah so so weird i i was toying with the idea of playing like a clip from the video in this episode if i do i'll throw it here but Anyway, all this presumption made for such an unsatisfying ending. And to think it could have been such a memorable send-off. I mean, if you and I have learned nothing else these past years, it's that in life and art, nothing should be off the table. We weren't afraid, not of what we said, and not of what we did, and we're still not afraid. Because I can promise you this. If I didn't pay the price for the things we both know I did do, I'm certainly not going to pay the price for the things I didn't do. Of course, they're going to say I'm being disrespectful, not playing by the rules like I ever played by anyone's rules before. I never did. And you loved it. Anyhow. Yeah, uh, it's, it's I don't see. I, I read the transcript. I'm not I don't know if I want to watch it. I, really, I just, it's yeah, it's sad. It, it is. It really is. And like. Also, people were commenting on, like, he looks like he's put on a little bit of weight. And, like, also, it's... It would be the internet to... Of all <laughs> yeah. the things you could comment, it was like, oh, right. Kevin Spacey chubbed up. <laughs> okay, guys. Yeah. But also, it's it's just bizarre because, 
Like we've only seen him do Francis Underwood under like production value of Netflix. Right. So like to see him like he's he's doing it like in his kitchen and like he's is like, he wearing an apron too? I don't. He's wearing like a Christmas sweater. He okay. might be wearing an apron, but I I don't remember. But he is kind of moving around like doing like like you know actory like uh prop handling and stuff and like he's like cutting a piece of bread or something. Right, yeah. He puts the knife down, it clangs really loudly in it because they don't have the production value of Netflix. And then also like the worst thing is that like, not worst thing, but like the weirdest thing is that it ends with this very dramatic like um like uh iMovie um, royalty-free sound effect. That's like a, <laughs> it's basically like a dun dun dun. Jesus Christ! And it's so weird. I might have to watch it. Now. Yeah, it's it's so it's so weird. Conclusions can be so deceiving. Miss me. Um, so yeah, so that happened. Yeah, well, okay. Um, yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Here's a clip to make you, ugh, Yeah. Just not want to feel happy about anything. <laughs> <laughs> Typical of the holidays. Yep, yep. <laughs> so yeah, and then, is there anything else? I will I will throw out this little bit of uh, Star Wars news oh. that that dropped uh, recently. John Boyega has uh stated that episode 9 that's right. takes place 1 year after the end of episode 8. Not which a fan. I'm I'm shocked. I was expecting mm-hmm. a far bigger uh time jump. Same here. Um I'm not going to say I'm not a fan because I don't know how it's played mm. out. I'll reserve my uh, opinions until mm. I've seen the film. So, Well, I'm going to go ahead and use this information to just create my own idea of what the movie will be. That's a good idea. So that when it releases, I'm just going to trash it entirely. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm surprised, though, to be honest. Yeah, I was, I was expecting like a decade. Same here. So. Um, if only because of the way that the last Jedi ended, not only because of that, but also I, I had the distinct impression like, okay, they're going to have a time jump. And then I felt like that was, you know, organic to the story. And then also it would have opened up the universe to have a gap for Disney to fill in with a bunch of crap that yeah. fans yeah. would eat up because it's Star Wars. Yeah, well, um, I, yeah. I will do that. Yep. Well, that's fair. <laughs> I, I had a dream last night where I ran into the, uh, to the director of the Dark Tower, who was going into a meeting with like Sony, and I was trying to get like an interview with him and trying to get him to spill the beans about a Dark Tower TV show. So I have no, I, like, <laughs> I've got nothing. Like, go ahead and have your Star Wars. I don't care. Well, it, it's <laughs> it's weird that you know the the other films uh, have pretty lofty time. The original trilogy, yeah. each one takes place like, like three years. Like three uh, years, yeah. And you know with um. Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. It's it's more like uh, it's like ten, 10 years or something, yeah. And at, in Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith, it, it's mm-hmm. uh, like five years, yeah. So and then Return of the Jedi and the Force Awakens, like thirty years. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah, no uh, problem. <laughs> that's my contribution. But uh, <laughs> you know, but with this the new trilogy, you have. Uh, one leading right into the other yeah. with uh, Force Awakens into The Last Jedi, and mm-hmm. now it's only a year between 
And it just a giant time jump to me felt natural to the mm. ending of Last Jedi. So yeah, but then also, and like we talked about this in the year in review episode with Mike, uh, they have as much idea of what the fuck they're doing as we do with what they're doing. Sure, they're not they're not mapping it out past each installment, which is a huge point of contention for me, um, even as a non fan of the of the series. Um, so it's just, it's, it is what it is. I get they'll, that. So they'll but do their thing. It's just to me, I, I it, it's a benign piece of news. It mm-hmm. neither excites me nor does it, uh, anger me. So yeah. it's just, it was like, okay, mm-hmm. now just, you know, with something like that, I'll eat up any piece of information they give me. About right. It, so yeah. And inform your own opinion. And then, and then, and, and before yeah. anything else, even seen it, I'll tell you it's a terrible movie. Exactly. Yeah. Personally, I think they need to get rid of all the women and the minorities in the movies. Y- you know what? I, I, I agree. Get, make, <laughs> make Star Wars white again. Yes. You know, let's just, let's, let's just do this. <laughs> right. God damn it. Oh, this fucking God. liberal <laughs> agenda. Yes. In the Star Wars universe. Not my Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh God, we're joking. Yes, this is all joke. This is jokes. Um, so the Boba Fett movie's done. Um, (laughs) Oh yeah, 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 my. uh, Yeah. So for the listeners, Mm -hmm. I received uh, from my wife's cousin's husband Mm -hmm. a replica 3D printed Boba Fett gun, Mm -hmm. and Matt was extremely happy to hear about it since he loves Boba Fett as a character. Uh, and the depth of which he brings to the series. Yes. Uh, I believe you snapped it to me. Did I snap it? Yeah. I, I think so. Nerd Story 330. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it had the caption something like, I know you love this because it's Boba Fett yeah. or whatever. And like, literally, like, I wasn't joking. I was like, literally, I would not have known if it was. Oh, I know you wanted to. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I think it's an awfully neat, uh, gift. It's a neat That, that is a yeah. very good, yeah. a good idea for yeah. a gift. So. Yeah. Um, and I think I also, uh, said that, like, I didn't notice it from the three scenes. It's <laughs> something dickish. Yeah. As Matt is, uh, off to do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, sorry to, uh, degrade your, your Christmas present. That's, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought there was one more thing I was going to bring up, but I can't remember. Hang on one second. Um, oh, oh, that's what I was going to oh. say. Oh. Yeah, so we are a week away from the end of 2018. Um, how's, have you started? Having, even, ha- having thought about it, uh, to be oh. honest. Well, you know, December is one of those, well, you with lists. I know. That- I've, I've, I've pretty much got it locked down. There's still movies to be seen for me. Um, and with December, it's usually a pretty heavy, uh, movie mm-hmm. month anyway, especially when it comes the to a rule. Yeah. So th- there's still movies to be seen. Uh, I, I hope to see Bubble, Bumblebee in mm. 2018. So, but other than that, I, I probably won't get the mule scene. Oh, yeah. In 2018. Yeah. I, I had to make a choice. Uh, between the mule and Mary Queen of Scots. And uh, I, I just really felt like Mary Queen of Scott was going to be more up my alley. Yeah, so. that's fair. And it's interesting. You, you have no intention or interest in seeing the favorite. I, and I've sent yeah. this have comment we said it on the, co- on the podcast. I don't think we said it on the podcast. Okay. I've sent you a couple of texts about it. Mm-hmm. And basically I, I feel like it should be called catty, catty women. It just, <laughs> and that's what it looks like to me. I, I just, it does nothing for me. Yeah. And Matt has told me that it has some deeper, uh, yeah. you know, plot points, which it may well have. Mm. I just, it, it's, 
nothing about it looks entertaining to me. Right. You know, I, you know, have this half mad queen acting like a half mad queen, right? And two women fighting for the favor of said queen. I, it's whatever, and it's sad too because I really love Rachel Wise, yeah, and I really enjoy um, Emma Stone. Emma Stone, yeah. So, but you know. It, just because I love these actresses doesn't mean I'm going to love the movies they're in. So that's fair. Yeah, and like I'm not going to try to push you to see it or anything because I thought that it was I thought that it was good, but yeah, I mean it's not it's going to be nowhere near my top ten right. or honorable mention. My wife went to go see it today, and uh, her text to me was, "Well, dot dot dot, that was not good." Oh yeah. So I was like, <laughs> well, and that's just you know, fair enough. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, so that, that's interesting. Do you think you'll have a top 10 lockdown by the time? Cause me, Tiny and Mike are going to record our year in review and I want to have like, well, tell me, the, tell me the here. date that you're going to have it and I will get it done by then. I think that we're going to probably take the first week of January off. Okay. And then the second week, I need to confirm with Mike cause I need to make sure cause he's, you know, he's busy. Um, I need to make sure. Fatherhood. I know fatherhood. Um, but I'm, uh, the plan is that we talked about it a while ago that the first week of January, we would give ourselves a, a grace period essentially to catch up on any 2018 movies. Um, that way we can kind of not be still consider them. Of yeah. The, yeah. That's fair. Uh, mm. I'll, I'll have a list by then. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, I've pretty much already locked down my list. I still need to see, uh, Vice and, uh, <laughs> Vice and Bumblebee and yeah. Holmes and Watson. That's not going to make the list, but you know what? I, I love, uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley and I, I didn't, I wasn't ever expecting Holmes and Watson to, to be mm-hmm. anything spectacular, but I was so hoping at least for it to be funny, you know, cause none of his movies, you know, no one ever says, Oh, those are, those are masterpieces. They're right. They are what they are. And I typically yeah. enjoy them, but like it's even, it's like getting epically trashed. You, like it's got yeah. 0% I was on just Rotten gonna Tomatoes. Say, like um, 0%. Yeah. Like I, cause I, cause okay. So, the new week on a list starts Friday. Right. And so that gives like four days to, to see three movies. Cause I want to get like theater viewings <laughs> at the end of the year. Cause I'm anal like that. But, uh, but yeah, it's like, I, I'm, I'm probably going to see vice probably with Kirsten. And then, um, I got a ticket for Holmes and Watson. R- did you? Yes. That surprises me. Yes. Because, are you looking for a list for a worst film? Well, maybe. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I have plenty that's that that'll make my worst list. But also, like, two. There are a couple of reasons. One is I like at this point, I just kind of want to cleanse the palate a little bit. I don't um, blame you. You know, there's a lot of heavy yeah. stuff in this oh, time yeah. of year. But I think Vice will do that. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping so, but also that does deal with some heavy things. It does, too. but it, it, there's a lot of comedic. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like the Big Short. You know, Big right. Short is a very deep issue that's that is being portrayed, but in a comedic way. Sure, sure. But um, and then the other reason is that uh, I've like I've been listening to a lot of Earwolf podcasts, and one of them is Freedom, which is a really great podcast. It has Paul F. Tompkins, uh, um, Scott Ackerman, and Lauren Lapkus, who is hilarious. And she's in Holmes and Watson. So I was like, you know, okay. I'll go ahead and use an A-list to support well, fair enough. someone that I like their comedic sensibilities. But, um, yeah, so I, but I'm pretty sure that I'm, I have my, 
top 10 lockdown because like Google Play had like a 99 cent rental on pretty much any movie in it. And so I'm like looking through like, oh, this is perfect because I can rent a movie. And, uh, and you know, like in case there's one I missed, I'm looking through and it's like, I've seen all of these movies. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I think, like... A total waste of time. Yeah. Thanks, Google Play. Exactly. So, like, I was thinking, like, oh, I could rent... Um, spoiler for my top ten, but I could rent um, Won't You Be My Neighbor and see it again to see, like, where I should place it on my top ten, because I have it in a very specific spot. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, know. I don't, I don't know. But I will say, and this will be the final thing, and then we'll go on to our actual review. <laughs> um... I had an I had an interesting theater experience, which I told you about, and so I'll recount it for the listeners. Um, I saw Mary Queen of Scots, sort of. Um, <laughs> so twenty minutes of it. Yeah. So let me paint a picture here. Um, so Matt got to the uh, Cunnilinga scene, and I was like, <laughs> "I'm good." <laughs> That's a little reductive. But, um, <laughs> so basically, this was Christmas Eve. Um, I had just been subjected to a weird three minute video of Kevin Spacey. <laughs> um, but so this was like, I, I had seen, um, welcome to Marwin on Saturday and then recorded with Kirsten. And then Sunday morning I saw Aquaman with tiny and then, Oh, I think Friday I saw a movie also. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Friday, the 21st, I saw the favorite after, after work, <laughs> immediately after work. And then Saturday afternoon, I saw Welcome to Marwin, recorded with Kirsten. Sunday morning on the 23rd, I saw Aquaman. And then um, uh, at, my, at my job, I worked a half day on Christmas Eve. And directly after work, I went to the theater to see Mary Queen of Scots. <coughs> and, um, and as I've been doing, I've been taking, uh, taking a change of clothes and everything to right. be all fresh. Um, I was running late that morning, so I didn't pack like a change of clothes and I figured, okay, well, I'm only working a half day. So it's like in the grand scheme of things, I'll be like sitting in my work clothes the same amount of time. I'm just going to be divided between work it's true. and movie it's good. theater. It's good rationale. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of burnt out and exhausted because I knew I was working a half day. So I didn't really, uh, do my sleep scheduling that well the night before. So when I get to the theater, I'm like, like I have like 30 minutes to kill. I get, I get some food and I'm sitting there and I'm like, do I really want to see Mary queen of Scots right now? Like, do I really want to do this? And I'm like, I'm right here. It starts in like 20 minutes. Sure. I, I guess so. So I go and I go into the theater. It's me. I'm the youngest person there. <laughs> And, uh, I'm, I sit down in the seat, do the full recline and everything. I didn't even get like a drink like I usually do. Um, so I'm sitting there and I notice in the pre-roll, uh, the sound pops out like every five minutes. So I'm like, oh, well, that's annoying. Hopefully that doesn't happen in the movie. So as the movie starts, I am struggling so hard to stay awake. Like I am all but slapping my face and like I'm doing this weird, like this, the a level of like not exhaustion but just of general fatigue that i haven't experienced since i like worked nights with tiny <laughs> where i'm like sitting there and i'm trying to concentrate on something and then i don't fall asleep but my mind starts going just drifts, like, drifting yeah. off yeah and it's like my mind starts to try to dream <laughs> and like the whispers of that dream like infiltrate like my reading of the movie so i'm like i don't know what's going on 
And about 10 minutes in, the, the sound pops out again for like just a brief second. I'm like, oh, God. Okay. Okay. Just focus, focus. I can do this. <laughs> so five minutes pass, uh, another five minutes pass. I, so 10 minutes. That's, that's, yeah, that's how that works. Yeah. yeah. Addition. Um, <laughs> sound pops out again. And I'm like, Oh God, I'm, this is, this is, if it does it again, I'm just going to go tell the manager and see if maybe I can get like a free pass or something. Um, or see if I can get it stricken from my A list so I can have a, like, cause that was my third ticket. Right. Yeah. So, uh, it happens again, right, like right around the cunning, cunning linguist scene, cunning linguist scene, cunning, cunning linguist, um, <laughs> You're not, quite the cunning linguist. I'm not going to make a joke. I was going <laughs> to make such a self-deprecating joke, but I'm not going to do that. Anyway, um, so, so I get to that scene and like it pops out. And I'm like, I'm not even tracking this movie right now. <laughs> and like I have prided myself. Proded myself? Um, Pro- no, no, prided. Prided. Um, like kind of a sneak preview of, of the year in review episode. I have seen a ton of 2018 releases this year. Like there, this has been by far my, my best year on record, especially for year of release movies. And every single one of the 2018 movies that I have seen and logged on letterboxd, even if it's a short one or long one, I have written a review on letterboxd and I have seen a lot of, Yes, you so, have. yeah. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, I, I like, I don't know if I'll even be able to write a review of this because I'm so just beat and so tired and so worn out. Like I'm, I can't even track the narrative. And then old dude goes down on Ladybird and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go. So <laughs> I leave the theater and like my thought is, okay, all of these old people in this movie either think I'm a prude who, uh, is offended by, uh, the female orgasm, or I am a perv who got what he came for <laughs> in his leaving. <laughs> so. She just stood up and said, done. And walked right out. <laughs> so I leave the theater and then I, I go up to the, to the staff and like, and like, I, I was like, Hey, can I like speak to a manager? Cause the sound is popping out in there and I just want to just report it and see if maybe I can get like a pass or something to come back another time. And, uh, like the staff was super helpful. Like that, that's of the AMCs, that one Southern Plaza on the South side is my favorite. Um, and the manager comes up and he's like, did you finish the movie? I was like, no, it's actually going on now. I saw about 25 minutes of it and he's like, okay, well I'll get, I'll check that. And then I was like, is there any way that it can like be cleared off my A list since I didn't technically see the movie? And he's like, oh, I don't think so. Since it already started, you can't do it like in the app and we don't really control any of that. Yeah. I was gonna, I would be surprised yeah. if they were able to. It yeah. And like part of me was like, I kind of wanted to push him a little bit and be like, well, can I get like a free pass since I didn't do that? But then also it's like, I have used, I was going to say they've, so they've lost a lot of money. They on you. Ha- well, they have in, but they haven't they haven't lost that much cuz I do buy concessions pretty much that's every fair, time. Okay, that's fair. But yes, I am I am what one would call a power user of a list like Do like they still check your ID? They do. Yep. Me too. But yeah. and I feel like they all know me. Yeah, yeah. They all well, know me there. That's the thing. I already have it ready. So I'm like I do I, I do too. I, I do too, but you know, I I'm not trying to be that I was like, "Well, you have to check my ID." Right. It's just I think it's funny because 
they all know who I am. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm there every single week, multiple times right. a week, and they all say hi and yeah. you know, back again, or they give me the, well, you know where you're going. But they always still they go, They never hey. do that to me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And it's it's weird. I don't know. So Maybe they hate you. Probably. So here uh-huh. comes that guy that just washes the sex scenes and leaves. <laughs> right. Here's a guy who's trying to get a free pass from an A-list <laughs> screening. <laughs> Dick. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so I ended up leaving. I did not see Mary Queen of Scots. And by your account, it was a red box. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I enjoyed it. Uh, okay. But it, it was not going to make your top 10 list. Okay. The only, the, I will say this, uh, phenomenal performances. That's, that's the one reason why I was kind of excited to see it. Cause I'm not interested in the period of it, the period drama. Anything. I don't know. I, I think it's, I, I knew, didn't know a whole lot about, mm-hmm. uh, still don't cause you know, I've just seen a movie about it, yeah. it, but I didn't know a whole lot about that, uh, situation, but it, it's, it's a good, like it, it's informative and you know, like sure. the the performances are fantastic. I didn't know Guy Pierce was in it. Oh yeah, he is, isn't yeah. he? See again, I'm like, I don't even remember seeing him, and I know that he was in it because that that just rang a bell. Um, and like I looked, and there was some pretty good uh, review like blurb from I think it was Matt Singer from Screen Crush. He said, um, "Hang on." And I actually turned on my PlayStation. You did. I was yeah. worrying about that. I was like, you could just pop in some Red Dead while we're playing. <laughs> Good boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, he said, <laughs> uh, Matt Singer on Letterboxd uh, of ScreenCrush.com, uh, he rated it two and a half stars, and he said, Mary Queen of Scots is not terrible, but releasing this movie while the favorite is still is still in theaters is a bit like trying to put out a new airport sequel two weeks after Airplane. <laughs> so I, mean, I, I got, that I, was interesting. I kind of get what he's saying. I, yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, granted, I haven't. Uh, the favorite is does look like it's the better film, but it's also a vastly different thing. If you say um, so, I, yeah. it, I would venture to say that Mary Queen of Scots would have been a better film, but I, I feel like it's more history to me. Cause I don't know. It, it seemed yeah. like more of a historical drama. Right. And yeah, but then again, I'm judging a movie that I haven't seen. So sure. Who knows? Sure. Never judge a movie by its premise. There you go. Um, yeah. Sex not playing. Great movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah. So, have we postponed the awkward? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I do have to go to bed at some point today. Yes, yes, as do I, because I have to work tomorrow. Um, so yeah, so Aquaman. Let's go into our review of Aquaman. Um, this is the feels like thirty seventh DC extended universe movie. (laughs) Um, This would be the sixth. I think sixth. Yeah. Um, just brief recap. Where do you stand on? All the movies. Well, you know, I'm I'm still a champion for the DCEU. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and try to convince everyone that every single one of the movies are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I will go to my grave saying that Batman v Superman is one of the most underrated superhero movies uh, for me. I still love it. Mm-hmm. I don't. Every time I see it, I like it even more. So, and we've had this conversation ad nauseum, so I'm not going to go further into it. And I, I was about to say, like, you know, I, actually, I would like to borrow the Blu-ray, but I, you didn't bring Interstellar this I time. Did not did bring Interstellar. And again, I meant to remind yeah. you. And yeah. I was thinking about that right when I was walking up. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't come up. Hopefully, it doesn't <laughs> come up. Um, 
But you know, I, I'm a huge fan of Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great, uh, great movie. After that, Wonder Woman was. I think Wonder Woman is overrated, but I still mm-hmm. think it's good. I think people uh, decided that it was better than it was because it was the first one that first DCE movie to be uh, more recognizably good. Sure. And then you have a uh, Suicide Squad, which I thought was just the most forgettable mm-hmm. uh, superhero film ever. Yep. So, and then uh, Justice League. Justice League. Um, so, I've seen it once. I I bought the 4K Blu-ray um, sometime around Black Friday because it was ten bucks. I was like, okay. well, fuck it, why not? I I remember enjoying it, but it, it had a lot of issues, and sure. I. Th- I wish I could have seen Zack Snyder's vision of uh, Justice League uh, yeah. because his take was, from my understanding, could be darker, which mm-hmm. is something I appreciate about the DCEU. Right. Uh, I like the darker tone, and they were going to bring uh, the black-suited uh, Superman into the mix, which mm-hmm. I was looking forward to. And then Joss Whedon came in and took over after uh, uh, Zack Snyder, unfortunately, suffered some family uh, right. drama. And I think Joss Whedon uh, came and made it more his tone. Yeah. I'm not saying that was a bad thing. I just think it was to the detriment, and for me, to the movie. I still enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the villain in it was forgettable and yeah. a CGI kind of a mess. But mm-hmm. there were some things I remember enjoying. I need to revisit it. I own it. And I'll probably revisit it pretty soon. I almost rewatched Justice League before Aquaman. But and like the joke I made to Tiny was like I started to rewatch uh, Justice League uh, before this, but I realized I was rewatching Justice League. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not entirely. I just didn't really have time, or I was right. really tired and everything. Uh, my rundown of the DCEU. I'll be brief. Man of Steel didn't like right, yeah. even on repeat viewings. I feel like it's just. Un, like I still have a bug up my ass about the nonlinear storytelling. I think that that doesn't really work as a narrative structure, and they try to make. Superman, who granted is a character I'm not too familiar with, but like I have the idea of Superman of what Superman should be, and he tried to make it dark and brooding and see uh, and felt, real real quick cut in. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that because to me Superman's the most overrated comic book character in history of comic books. Mm-hmm. I think he is not deep. I think he is just too invulnerable, and there's nothing to him that has ever interested me. And I thought that Zack Snyder's Man of Steel actually made him. A more relatable character. Interesting. See, yeah, I agree to disagree. Yeah, that's fine. Also, I, <laughs> I feel like if Peter's listening, your brother, he's probably, oh, he's head is exploding. Yeah, he um, that's his that's his main main man. So. Yeah. Um, but let's see. Man of Steel didn't really like uh, Batman v Superman. I again, I should probably revisit it, but it was just I remember. And we reviewed it and everything, but I remember feeling like a little bit like I'm kind of having fun with this, but also I can't take it seriously. And like the, the plot machinations and, and the, the motivations of like Lex Luthor and everything, like just did not make any sense whatsoever to me. Um, and the farther I got away from it, the more confused I was by pretty much what I had just seen. <laughs> um, and then I think after that was Suicide Squad, which was terrible, like, absolute garbage in my opinion um best trailer of the year you think so it was a great trailer i don't i don't even i remember thinking it was a fan bohemian rhapsody oh yeah that's right okay huh 
Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that and then uh, Wonder Woman I thought was very good. Um, I need to revisit that too. I don't feel like it's. I feel like the opinion of the masses kind of were a little uh, inflated. But I was right along with them. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I'm yeah. not, I don't take anything away from the film. I, mm. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But I, to me, it's like Black Panther. Yeah. I think Black Panther is a very good movie, but is... Soon to be best picture. Oh, God. Black Panther. But I, I think that <laughs> it has gotten overrated mm-hmm. because it is one of the first prominent uh, superhero films to feature a uh, black superhero. Cat. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Besides <laughs> the uh, oft-forgotten uh, Meteor Man back in the 90s. Meteor Man? Oh, it's a terrible movie about this inner city uh, teacher that gets hit by Meteor and uh, becomes Meteor Man. It's terrible. Don't look it up. Don't watch it. And but I, one of our Patreon subscribers is going to pay us to review it. <laughs> Thank you for that, Beckus. <laughs> but it, I, well, Wonder Woman and Black Panther, I... Uh, I thoroughly enjoy. I mm-hmm. think they get overrated due to sure. kind of, uh, you know, f- being the first of something. Yeah. And also just the internet's opinion inflates anything really. It does. Um, so Wonder Woman and then Justice League. Uh, that sums up Justice League. <laughs> well, I was going to say, was that intentional? That was not uh, intentional. Uh, um, but no, Justice League, like, I still, I need to revisit it. Like, I still think, like, Weirdly enough, Cyborg. Well, you know, honestly, it's weird because like Cyborg, I was into the Flash, I was into Aquaman, I was into Bruce Wayne, even kind of I was into. But like the movie as a whole didn't really work for me that much. Like it was fun. It was a fun movie, and I think that that's. I think what it comes down to is I just clash with the Zack Snyder vision of like a dark DC universe, which I can respect. What he and what DC were trying to do because they wanted to be different from Marvel. Marvel DC is inherently darker than Marvel. That's very true. So very true. But I just felt like they didn't get off on the right foot. And so me having fun with like justice league and spoiler for our review, but also having some fun with Aquaman, Aquaman just felt like it was refreshing. And it was like, if they can't, if they can't do the high drama darkness, well, at least they can be entertaining. And Justice League delivered that for me. However, yes, the villain was horrendous. Yeah. And the CGI, like, I can forgive a horrendous villain because, like, if I, if I just point out, like, oh, this, this villain was terrible. And then, oh, hey, here's, you know, Marvel MCU movie number 15. Uh, the villain isn't that great, but oh my god, it's Marvel. Like, well, it's, well, you know, you don't go see typically the superhero films you go see for the heroes. That's and, true. You know, sometimes or oftentimes the villain's an afterthought, but you you go for the heroes anyway. Yeah. Typically. Like, there's the few exceptions with, like, Joker. Right. We get it. You thought it was boring. I know. Uh, So, yeah. So, going into Aquaman, I was open-minded. I I do believe I was open-minded to, okay, (laughs) the DCEU, Warner Brothers, like, they've all but like i don't know what their plan is now like there have been i think anyone knows yeah like oh yeah you keep on hearing reports that uh ben affleck's out as batman mm-hmm. and that um uh, henry cavill henry cavill is out as superman but you know uh jason momoa came out and said and henry cavill is still yeah. in as superman so oh yeah we don't know right and that that's that confusion and the kind of 
idea that they're retooling it or they're just focusing on the solo movies that have no connection, which I don't know. Joker could be okay. Wonder Woman wrapped today or this week or. That's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually very excited for that. I was bummed that it got pushed back, but if they need to push it back to make yeah. it better, that's fine. I think they're pushing it back to figure out what they're going to do. Yeah. That's so. that too. Um, but yeah, all that to say going into Aquaman, I was super excited to, uh, <laughs> to go to an 1130 AM showing and <laughs> use my Stubbs reward for $5. So I only had to pay 99 cents for the ticket. There you go. Um, because I had already used up my A list tickets for the week. Um, so yeah, so I was, I was cautiously excited. Uh, what was your energy going into it? How did the marketing, uh, the marketing worked out well for me. I initially, the first time I saw the, the like their big trailer, I was kind of put off at first cause I thought oh, yeah. it looked a little cartoony, mm-hmm. but then you got to think, well, this is Aquaman and you're in the middle of the scene. There's gonna be a bunch of sea monsters and writing of uh, sea animals. So I have to be a little bit lenient on that. And right. so as the marketing amped up, I got more excited for it. Mm-hmm. And then the reviews started dropping and then I got more excited for it. And yeah. you know, Jason Momoa was great as Aquaman justice league. So that mm-hmm. had my, my interest anyway. So going, walking into the theater, I was pretty excited. Same here. And it's funny because like the first couple of trailers, I was, I was mildly excited about it. Like I I was, I was cautiously excited about it. And I was more excited for the fact that James Wan was directing it. I was Um, intrigued by that because James Wan is, is, He's a horror director. Yeah, he's done Saw. He did a couple of the he, he did uh, uh, the Furious movies, I think. He did the uh, Conjuring, right? And uh, did he do the sequel to the Conjuring? Um, I think so. Yes, but he's got so. he's got a pretty heavy uh, horror uh, background. Background, so yeah, and like I was intrigued by him, and I was excited by his his directing it. Um, and the trailers did kind of were okay. But the one thing that like really kind of got me kind of excited for it was this this like five minute like extended scene. I saw that and yes, yeah. that did a lot for me as yeah, well. That showcased the uh, Italy sequence. Yes. Which when I saw that, I was like, okay, this is going to be something pretty unique um, yeah. to the DCEU, um, and I'm I was on board with it. Um, uh, Amber Heard's wig, notwithstanding. <laughs> um, Whatever, I like her hair. Yeah, yeah. Oh, me too. Anyway, uh, so Aquaman, what did you think? So I had the most fun in this movie than I, that I've had uh, in a long time in a movie. Nice. It was so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I saw it on the IMAX, which I rarely get much more out of IMAX anymore, but man, it really did a great job for me. Not 3D because I'm so against 3D, mm-hmm. but the IMAX experience was fantastic for this film. Nice. Like the set pieces were just all that much bigger and grander on the IMAX screen. Nice. So I, I'm not going to see here and tell you it's the perfect movie because sure. I had some issues with it. Amber Heard being one of them, mm-hmm. but man, I it just, I had a smile on my face the majority of the movie and it was just fun from start to finish. Nice. And uh, of course we'll do non-spoiler and spoiler right. review, but my brief thoughts on it, my initial thoughts on it is uh, Jason Momoa is a freaking movie star. Oh, he's fantastic. He like, he, just kind of blew me away. He's um he he takes your eyes every single yeah. moment he's oh, yeah. on screen. Like he's and that's what he's supposed to do, you know. Oh, he's, yeah. he's the star of the film, but man, right. it's just he he's just bigger than life. Yeah, and his his energy and like 
the the comic relief of him is just like it's so fun and the energy is just so and you can tell he's having cool. a blast oh, doing it too absolutely and that when you get that feeling it really draws you into films like that all mm-hmm. the much more yeah oh yeah and like I, I said this, I didn't, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about the marketing and everything, but like that first trailer where he comes into the submarine and then he turns <laughs> permission around. Like, to come permission aboard. to come aboard. And you're like, that's like, so stupid. That's but so dumb. That's, but that's great. Yeah. That's a Matt joke. And I am so there for it. And like the movie had that, like that was the type of humor he was, yeah. employed in throughout the movie. And I'm like, this is, this is great. And like just seeing him like just, scream out talking about how badass something is or how like how something's awesome it's like the energy is just so like palpable and, yeah. and like he's one of the most likable uh superheroes since iron man oh 100 yeah. percent so, yeah so he was so much fun he's the he's the perfect uh perfect guy for it yeah oh, and yeah. this is I, now I'm, i can't sit here and tell you that i'm expert on aquaman because sure. i don't read aquaman mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm a comic book guy but uh as far as the dc is concerned i typically just read batman books mm-hmm. so i'm not an expert on the on the character or the background but man he's 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 the perfect aquaman he really me. is and like he's perfect for the aquaman that the movies are making yeah um because he's like he's kind of goofy but he's like kind of cool goofy right um he's just he's you want to be his best friend you really do um he's he's fantastic in the uh the action and the choreography i I was blown away me too it was one some of the most unique action Mm -hmm. uh fight sequences i've seen in a comic book movie in a long time totally and you know the we're so saturated with comic book movies and so you're gonna get some repetitive action Mm -hmm. sequences but man like the camera angles, the the long yes. shots that they employ with kind of like the virtual camera that's like kind of moving right, around move, the room, you know, coming in, going so back out. Cool! It, it was amazing, like, and I was just I was impressed because I didn't expect that kind of uh, directing from James Wan. Mm-hmm. Now I've not seen his, I've never seen any of the Fast and Furious movies, so I've never oh, yeah. never seen his Fast and Furious movies. So I was, sure. I'm not accustomed to him as being an action director, but mm-hmm. I, man, he just he destroyed it mm-hmm. it's fan like the fight underwater fight scenes so were cool. were amazing oh yeah and like that was the thing that i was excited about really because i remember the underwater scenes in i think it was justice league were intrig- intriguing to me and like what james wan did with them here was he, he made him his own he made them his own and like he just employed like his particular brand of filming of of action scenes like it really worked well for that setting and it's like i mentioned the virtual camera that kind of moves around and and everything it's like that's perfect for the underwater stuff but like when it was above water like like the italy chase sequence oh my god that was that was fantastic oh yeah judge you know zooming out Mm -hmm. to uh jason's fight and then zooming back into uh you know amber heard's chase it's like oh it reminded me of like, and this is, and this is not to not to be a derogatory comment or anything. This is this is a compliment. It reminded me, and maybe it's because of the kind of the plot element of that that sequence, but it reminded me of like a really well done cut scene in like an Uncharted game. No, yeah, that's like, that's a yeah. good good description because mm-hmm. those are very cinematic games to begin with. Yeah, and that's you know, there's a lot of those types of action action sequences in those games. Totally. And like just the way the way that 
the camera captures everything and like it's all like a lot of it's like one long take it's just really impressive and like really gripping and like the one sequence that kind of uh like hooked me into it was the beginning where we see uh was it Nicole Kim it was Nicole, Nicole Kidman, Kidman. Right? yeah Nicole Kidman so kicking ass in that room that right that was a great that was sequence so cool so funny funny thing about Nicole Kidman with this mm. movie for whatever reason I drew a brain fart on her name for the entirety of the movie. Wow. And I'm sitting there going, it's like, how have I forgotten her name? It's like, <laughs> I, I'm sitting there listening to every movie she's been in. It's like she was married to Tom Cruise. Wow. All the stuff in my head. And I'm naming 15 actresses she reminds me of, but I can't think of goddamn Nicole Kidman. And I'm sitting there stewing. It's like, and it's a crowded theater, so I'm not going to get my sure. phone out and check IMDP, but mm. the, the end credits roll and I just know it's coming. And I know it's going to piss me <laughs> off. And so, sure as hell, there's Nicole Kidman. I was like, God damn it, Nicole Kidman. <laughs> but I, for whatever reason, I just could not remember her name. It's weird because I've had that kind of brain fart like multiple times, like not recently, but like multiple times for Sam Rockwell for some reason. Like I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know what it was, but like yeah. But anyway, um, uh, I was gonna make I was gonna make a joke. Um, how like I, how could you forget the name of the lead actress in everyone's favorite Christmas movie, Eyes Wide Shut? <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah. So sorry. Uh. <laughs> no, but uh, like the beginning fight sequences, that really oh, yeah. sets the pace. It did. Like that is a really well done mm-hmm. fight scene. And like as the movie, the movie has a lot of silly aspects to sure. it. Sure. And one point of it, like I'll, t- I'll talk to you a couple points. Uh, one, one point is the, uh, the wardrobe of like the villain characters. Like it's like these plastic, like not quite, like not quite like Black Manta's costume Mm -hmm. got was a little ridiculous. Well, see, that's the thing that and like the henchmen, like especially in that first fight with. Oh, I don't know. I was digging the henchmen's outfits. Like that's what I'm saying. I was too because it reminded me, like it in a weird way, it reminded me of the style of the combat and everything in like old episodes of like. Power Rangers. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Like, I got that vibe without having the cheesiness of right. it. Right. And, like, even, like, the Black Manta stuff, like, that was a silly costume, but it was, it was, uh, um, uh, built up or it was, um, introduced with this really weird out of left field, like, montage sequence of him putting those, of him yeah. Putting it together, which is like, and that was a good sequence. I, it was. Yeah. Like, I was sitting there, I was like, why is this working for me? <laughs> this feels so weird, but it's so like it's just cool. Like I'm I'm digging the vibe of that of that sequence and like I was just I was really into it. Right. Um yeah. just it, yeah. Black I actually enjoyed Black Manta's character mm-hmm. and how he he came into being so obsessed with uh destroying Aquaman. I I was a fan yeah. of that. Like first of all, like when he first gets when they had their first little battle and mm-hmm. he's like, I've been waiting for this. I, I like the J the Aquaman's like, who the fuck are you? And he's right. like, he's like, oh, I just, we were bound to meet. I was like, yeah, he's not wrong. You're right. a, you're a pirate. So it, but yeah, the events that led him to being obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. I, I quite enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, I'll meet you halfway. Like I, I liked the black Manta stuff. I just feel like it, 
drugged down the plot a little bit. Like it made it made the movie a little too over encumbered because we have all the Patrick Wilson stuff, all the Atlantis. It, stuff. it is a lot, but it also yeah. gives Aquaman the the part where it kind of makes him realize that there's going to be consequences to his decisions. Yeah, it, and I, and I very much appreciated yeah. that. And, and yeah, and I can, I can definitely see that. And I respect the movie for that. But I like by the last act, I was like, I was just, I was just kind of not out of it, but I was just like, kind of just getting a little drowsy. I was, I was uh, it, it, queen of Scots in it. It's a long movie. Um, like, yeah. It's, it's and like, and I close two and a half hours. I didn't um, really, I didn't, I did not. Um, at all so we'll we'll have to talk about the patrick wilson stuff and spoilers i like patrick wilson me too me too um but i feel like the movie didn't juggle the black manta stuff and the uh patrick wilson stuff enough like i would have rather had either just black manta or just patrick wilson and i i can appreciate that like i said i'm not gonna sit here and tell you it was a perfect movie sure but i i enjoyed black manta Mm -hmm. so Sure. And like when he's on screen, I enjoyed him too, but it was also like, like we, well, I, let's go into spoilers. Um, overall, like broad terms, how did you feel about the movie? F- fantastic. Yeah. And I'm, I don't want to speak too soon about this, but mm-hmm. I could see it breaching my top 10. Interesting. Nice. I had a lot of fun with it. Okay. Sure. Uh, it probably, it won't make my top. No, I wouldn't imagine. Yeah. Um, but it does have me cautiously excited for the future of the DCEU. Like the, the vibes I got from, from Aquaman, like the, the energy of it matched with the trailers for Shazam. Like it feels like this is like, this is what I've been kind of waiting for with the DCEU. Just fun comic book movies that, Feel like they belong. You want in a Marvel movies. movie? Well, no, 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 not necessarily. Like I want, like these. I didn't realize this really until I saw Aquaman. But like, like these are movies that feel like they belong in the '90s era of comic book movies, but they're in the modern era, and they're like polished enough to where it's like they're they're cheesy, they're a little off off the rails, but they're fun. Yeah, fair. And yeah, and like. I, I think it's a great uh, deviation for the DCEU, mm-hmm. but I do not want them to get away from a darker tone. Yeah. And like, and I, Sh- Shazam, th- that's a good t- tone for Shazam, mm-hmm. uh, given what I have seen of it. I, again, not well versed in, in Shazam lore. Right. But that seems like the type of, uh, lightheartedness that would go equal with that. But yeah. And if they, if they go back to the kind of darkness and brooding stuff, like I'm, I would be all for that because, like I loved Christopher Nolan's Batman movies. But you know what you get with a lighthearted Batman? You get Adam West. Adam West or Bat Nipples. Or Bat Nipples. Yes. Yeah. So don't do that to my Batman. Yeah. Like and I've said this before like in one of our other reviews, but I like I would love if they just ditched the full-scale DCEU and just did like a Bat Family shared universe do like the Batgirl movie, do Nightwing, do Batman and have that be the dark brooding stuff. And like, maybe do some, like, like I've read a little bit of the, of the comics. So like do like the court of owls or do like the, uh, I think uh, Gotham's doing the court of owls. Yeah. I think I heard that. Um, which I, I, I watched like half of the first season and was yeah. disinterested pretty quick. Yeah. I, I was kind of curious about it, but eh, not enough. To I don't know how you have a Batman out. show without Batman, and right. it, it didn't work for me. So yeah, 
Um, about the same way you have a Spider-Man movie without Spider-Man. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. What was I going to say? Oh, and anyway, yeah, just uh, the sidetrack. But anyway, yeah, overall, it's not going to make my top 10, but I enjoyed Aquaman, even though I got, felt like it got bogged down a little bit. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, but let's go into spoilers for Aquaman. Um, we're going to play a quick clip from the trailer, um, and then and then we'll have to uh, ask your permission to come aboard to spoilers. <laughs> um, Good job. Thank you. Thank you. you should um, be proud of that one. Yeah. Okay, so. My father was a lighthouse keeper. My mother was a queen. But life has a way of bringing people together. He could unite our worlds one day. Check it out. Arthur is talking to the fish. They made me what I am. Okay, so spoilers on for Aquaman. Um, where to begin? Should we start with Amber Heard? Because we didn't actually touch on her. Yeah, that, that's fine. Um, like, she was serviceable. Mm -hmm. And she was believable in her action sequences. So I'll give her that. It's just, yeah. she's not much of an actress. Yeah, you know, I've I've been a big fan of hers. I've actually not seen her in much. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, she's, I mean, she's been in a lot of not great stuff. Yeah. Um, like she had like a very, very small role in the movie Friday Night Lights. Um, and then she was also in like a very small role in Zombieland. And who she is? Oh, she was, uh, the, the neighbor. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, she did great in that movie. She did. Um, and then she was also in that Nick Cage movie, Drive Angry. Yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah, I I, I, I can't I remember the last it, time I saw a Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, well, I would recommend checking out Mandy. Um, we reviewed it for Patreon. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't listen to your guys. Mm -hmm. Was yeah, that a spoiler review? Yeah, yeah, I did, that's why I didn't listen to it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was curious about Mandy though, so I might I might catch that. Yeah, I, I think it, the last one I saw that well, besides he was in Spider Man into the Spider Verse, but oh, yeah. um, I kick ass. Oh yeah, wow. And I loved him in that, but Yeah. And he was still Nick Cage in that. He was. He was. Um but yeah, he he's I said this in the review of Mandy, but like he's he's really good in Mandy because the role is very uh introspective. Like he like he doesn't like there's not a lot of dialogue. Um so it's a lot of him reacting to things and kind of brooding and like internalizing his pain. Um and so like, but when there is dialogue that he does like the kind of like, Oh, <laughs> kind of thing. But like, um, it's, it's pretty restrained. Yeah. Um, I, but anyway, back to Amber. Anyway, Heard. back to, back to Aquaman and Amber Heard. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I thought she did fine. Like I thought that the, the hair was a little distracting, but you know, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, redheads. Got <laughs> <love them. laughs> um, and then there's a goat. Um, was it a goat? Yeah, it was a goat. Yeah, a goat. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I thought she was fine. Um, yeah, uh, but there's really not, she, her action sequences are great. Mm -hmm. Uh, she, you know, she was believable in that aspect. And, yeah. you know, I guess I'm not expecting, you know, Oscar caliber uh, sure. acting and, and a role like that. And she wasn't distractingly bad, but right. you know, she was, you know, she was serviceable. Yeah. I kind of felt like part of me felt like she was maybe 
just a tad bit overpowered. Um, cause I, cause she, I don't know, maybe it was just this escape from the under <laughs> underwater, not cage match, but underwater gladiator battle that they yeah. had or whatever. From my understanding, that's her powers. Okay. Uh, like I did some wiki, uh, studies of mm-hmm. the uh, characters and that, you know, apparently that's what she does. Interesting. So, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, so I, like I said in the non-spoiler, I was kind of, uh, felt like the movie was a little over encumbered by, uh, the Black Manta stuff and the Patrick Wilson stuff. Uh, Patrick Wilson stuff, I feel like what the half brother, whatever his name was, I don't remember. Um, was, Orm? sure. Orm? He was Ocean Master. Orm. Yes, Ocean Master, which that was kind of an eye roll thing. That's his name. Um, and, 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 it's like, so. it's canon, I get it, yeah. but it's like, okay. Um, this was written a long time yeah. ago. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. But, and I mean, and if Bill Maher is to believe, you know, comic books are trash. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> shut up, Bill Maher. You were in a goddamn comic book movie, you fucking jackass. <laughs> What comic book? Iron Man 3. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Um, but, <laughs> well, in the episode when we talked about that, when Tiny's like, he's such a dick. Like, the way he says it reminded me so much of the way Chris Pratt says, uh, in, um, Parks and Rec, there's an, there's an episode where he calls Jason Manzukas's character a dick. Like, just random, like, he, he finally, he's like, he's such a dick. Anyway, it reminded me of that. But anyway. It reminded me of the way uh, President Obama called uh, Kanye jackass. He's like, he's a jackass. I don't remember that. It was after Kanye had uh, taken the microphone out of. Uh, uh, and so it, it wasn't an official interview. They were just filming before President <laughs> And someone asked him about it. And he's like, she seems like a perfectly nice girl. He's 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 a jackass. That's awesome. And I, it, when Tiny used to call him, that's what it reminded me of. Nice. But, yeah. I'll pull a, I'll pull that clip of Tiny saying that with that clip of Obama saying that and the clip of Chris Pratt saying it, and I'll let the listeners do that. <laughs> Fair enough. But anyway, um, so, so yeah, I, did, I just felt like the the movie was cramming too much into it. Which, there, it did cram yeah. quite a bit into it. Um, you know, it's an origin story with two villains, which is mm-hmm. pretty cumbersome. Yeah, and I also feel like, and this isn't, okay, when I say this, this isn't, an, uh, uh, a shot across the bow at Aquaman and DC versus Marvel or anything. Cause I know that both these movies were in production around the same time. You know, it's not, it's just, it's the same as like Batman v Superman and, and Civil War, but it just felt like the plot line with Patrick Wilson was just not beat for beat, but it was like, it was very similar to plot line in Black Panther. And it was like, it just, it just felt like, you don't think so? I mean, I guess because they're both uh, related, they're and they're vying for the throne, and and they have a fight <sighs> for the throne. Um, but uh, the motivations are completely. And the hero has to like discover okay. what makes him a king. Okay, all right, <laughs> all right. Yeah, 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 all right. But it, and it's not like it's not it's not like saying like oh well, Black Panther already did this. Right? No, I get yeah, what you're saying. It's just like. We have, like, like you said, we are so, like, relentlessly inundated with, with comic book movies. Like, obviously. We're in the 20s of Marvel movies. Yeah. And, and there's going to be overlaps on plot and right. everything. And that's fine. But it's like, it's just, it feels like I've, I've consumed so much media in this, in this genre. It's like, 
anytime something kind of reminds me of something, it's just, it just rubs me the wrong way or it, it doesn't rub me the wrong way. It makes me lose focus in the movie. Like, I'm going to say this. I think Aquaman is a better movie. Oh, interesting. Than Black okay. Panther. So, you know, I haven't rewatched Black Panther in a while. I will disagree with you respectively. That's fine. Like, I, I still love Black Panther, but I will say that Aquaman was. I think going fun. back, I've rewatched Black Panther a couple times, mm-hmm. and there are some problematic parts of it for me. I still think it's a great movie. I still thoroughly enjoy it, but it holds up less for me on other viewings. Interesting. See, so. and that's, that's something that's kind of like, it's not so much that it doesn't hold up to repeat viewings for me. It's more like, <laughs> When I go to revisit movies to, to reevaluate them for the top 10 and the end of the year, I'm like, I'm also kind of gauging it with like the desire to rewatch them. <laughs> like, yeah. I like, okay, that's two and a half hours of Black Panther that I could be using to rewatch something or watch something new. Do I really like, and I already, like, I already know, I already know that objectively, in my opinion, that Infinity War is the better movie of all the MCU movies. We got three fucking MCU movies this year. Um, like that's that. So it's just like, why would I spend two and a half hours watching Black Panther when I can just rewatch Infinity War again? Um, the CGI in Black Panther is rough. Yeah, yeah, I I do remember that, and it's um, worse on repeat viewings. Is it? Yeah, uh, especially rough. the rhinos. Oh yeah. Oh, it's rough. Ugh. Again, I still thoroughly enjoy the movie, but sure. it's has its issues. Okay. But Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, back to Aquaman. Yeah, so you weren't you didn't feel like a disconnect with the with the uh Black Panther esque storyline? No, because I guess I wasn't really making that connection anyway. Yeah. Um I think I was just having a lot of fun with the movie itself. Mm-hmm. So And Patrick Wilson did a really great job being like a menacing villain. Right. I've always been a fan of Patrick Wilson. I feel like Patrick Wilson's one of those uh, actors that people don't really know who he is, but they see him yeah. in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But I think he does a great job in the Conjuring series. I had a lot of fun with him in the A Team. He was the uh, the bad guy in the A Team. Oh, interesting! I never saw the A Team. I I will. I'm sure it's not a great movie, but sure. I love the movie, so sure. it's just one of those. Um, so I've always been a fan of Patrick Wilson. He was great in Watchmen. Oh so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I th- yeah, he's a menacing villain in this and he does a really good job of being imposing mm-hmm. and you know, that dickish stepbrother. Yeah. So yeah, I guess half brother. Right. And, uh, Willem Dafoe kind of felt no, superfluous no, to me. I, lo- I love Willem Dafoe. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm an unabashed fan of him and I, he was, he was Willem Dafoe. Yeah. And Did, he was, okay. Did they, if, for the, for the, uh, for the uh, present day stuff, did they age him down at all, or does he just look that good? <laughs> I don't know. Because, yeah, yeah, Willem Dafoe's not a young man. No, uh, and he looked far younger in this than he did in like Boondock Saints. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I, I don't know. I, yeah. You know, whatever. And I feel like Nicole Kidman is kind of ageless anyway. So You're, uh, she's, she, she's fantastic. Yeah. She lo- still looks beautiful. And oh, yeah. of course, she's a great actress. Mm-hmm. So, and what do you think of the casting of Django Fett? Um, I mean, it, it works, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was, he was good in his role. I had a lot of the fun with the scenes between him and Jason mm-hmm. Momoa. As I, my understanding is, uh, he was Jason Momoa's suggestion. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. So, um, 
and yeah, he, he works. Yeah. You know, he was he was fun. Uh, his scenes with Nicole Kidman were good, and yeah. the, the, bar the bar scene is so good. No, no, <laughs> stop! Because I love the bar scene. I thought that it was just a little bit silly. No, but I, I enjoyed it. So I much. love it. I because yeah. I was about to be mad if it turned out to the way they were alluding right. to. And I was like, come on! No are one's gonna be like, are you boy? that? Are you that superhero that kicks? fucking ass of, and lifts submarines out of the water yeah well i'm gonna punch it no right. that i love that scene yeah so, stop it was great yeah, i'm, I'm it, i didn't hate it but i was like it's just a little bit silly no but the you're movie wrong it's kind of silly anyway um but the trying to think of other plot threads and everything um yeah so uh just to go over uh black black yes. manta yes. so obviously you knew that black manta's dad is gonna die oh yeah they they telegraph that which is fine right also played by i think his name's michael beach who he was in um the first couple of seasons of er playing al boulet interesting uh, i thought for the short amount of time he's in the film he did great yeah i oh, really yeah. enjoyed his he was also his, in third watch but anyway go ahead. never watched it um I, I that whole sequence was was fun to me you, um, it was a good fight sequence in the submarine. And like I said, I, I appreciate that moment for Jason Momoa or for Aquaman to, mm-hmm. Hey, it could, it's the flick of a wrist for me to go save this man's life. I'm yeah. not going to do it. And I like that turn. You just created your enemy, your mm-hmm. own enemy through your own inaction. Yes. I, and I'll tell you what made me like that scene. It like, cause up until a certain point in that scene, I was like, okay it's batman begins it's like oh i don't need to save you but or i don't need i uh what was i'm not gonna kill you but i don't have to save you you. i don't have to save you like okay we've seen this in you know a a more prestigious film sure but when he says ask the sea for forgiveness i'm like okay that's where it differentiates and that's that's where it kind of where i can let it slide because that's that's a pretty cool like thing um the sea was not forgiving that day it was not um, yeah some bitch of a mistress yep yep what a damn you merciful bitch. poseidon um but but uh and i and i like that origin for black manta um and like you said i like how that you know creates this inner conflict for aquaman um and you said like that moment i just want to say like that that moment <laughs> but anyway god damn it creates a villain that that is you know it's a more compelling villain than i feel patrick wilson was in the movie and Nothing also against patrick wilson but i just feel like black manta was interesting it, it, he was interesting and i i like that uh he was a tool of the uh the atlanteans yeah that so, was in and yeah and it does fit together but because you know that, that was the whole thing of them having mm-hmm. to steal the sub to yeah. you know get this uh, war started. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciated that. Yeah, but then after the Italy scene, because at first I was like, "What? What, what are they getting out of a military sub? Like, yeah. there's literally nothing you can do with a military sub, right?" And that that was my thought. That was my only pr- issue with that. I was like, "What? What are you robbing a sub for?" Sure. So it made more sense later on when we find out what's really going on with it. Sure, and it connects to the Atlantis plot well enough but like after the italy sequence i was like like uh, after that was over and done with i'm like oh that was a really cool sequence and everything and then about another half hour into the movie when we're starting to get up into the uh into the climax of the movie i'm like oh is 
is Black Manta going to come back or something? Or is the, like now we have to deal with all the Atlanta stuff and I was more invested in the Black Manta stuff and it just felt like it was a little discombobulated in my head. Uh, um, that might just be because you connected more to Black Manta. I will fully admit that. Um, I kind of want to see the movie again um, in IMAX just to, just to take a, just to get another look at it. Yeah, IMAX um, is where to go with that. Yeah. Um, but... Anything else we need to cover? Nicole Kidman. Uh, so oh, no, yeah. no one th- thought that she wasn't going to come back right. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but I really enjoyed mm-hmm. where what happened with her. I did too, but I also <laughs> this is such a dickhead thing. But I also liked it in Ant Man versus uh, Ant Man and the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's you know what I will say this. That's fair. But again, they were they were in production. The same right. like it's not. It's not an answer to that, an answer to that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, <laughs> and I, I I really enjoyed the trench monsters and and that whole that action. Do sequence. you know who did the voice of like the? Yes, thing? and I I it's hilarious. Like, it's the most okay. random let's, freaking. Let's talk about how ridiculous this is. That Julie Julie Andrews is a, a cameo appearance in a movie. And two of the movies that are at the at the Cineplex right now are Aquaman oh, and, and Mary, Mary Poppins, Poppins Returns, <laughs> and she's not no. Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> she's a sea monster. She's a sea monster, like a racist sea monster. Right. <laughs> like, you half breed, goddamn! That's really? so so weird. And also, like that sequence was also kind of a part where I was kind of not checked out, but I was kind of like not as engaged as the other parts. Um, I think that was one of the main points is that like after the Bla- uh, Black Manta thing, I was just kind of like, oh, he still needs to get the trident. Yeah, and I can I see that fight. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, that the trench monsters like visually like they were pretty interesting. I, I and I thought that it was kind of neat because you kind of had uh, James Wan's horror uh, yes. horror aspect into it real quickly that sequence where uh aquaman takes the takes the um flare and dives down into the water like it is one like just the the composition the visuals of scene, is amazing one of the most like visually striking moments that i've seen in a movie this year yeah just really really like beautiful um it's frameable, even. I, I would like Mythbusters, though, to uh, take on the can of flare survive in water. I, I thought about that. And I like I like I made I, I like in my head, I was like, really? But and like, maybe this is just me. It wasn't shown in the movie, but I was like, you know, I'm sure Mira probably did something. There you go. Mira, Mira it, you had an air bubble air around bubble, the Yeah. yeah. So it's just like I don't need to say like it's it's Aquaman. Right. I can I don't, I'm not going to nitpick the physics of Aquaman. <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> um especially when there's like a 90s style montage of a villain making Ooh, a armor villain suit and coming to the coming to the uh conclusion that he needs to make it bigger. Right. <laughs> and makes it cartoonishly bigger. Which again, that sequence I loved that montage. Like I I was so into that. It was good. It was um good. yeah. And uh yeah, so anything else? Oh, what about the uh monster well we already talked about those. Oh, the big fight scene at the end or the big the big war, war scene was yeah 
fantastic, especially in IMAX. I thought it was too, and that's one of the reasons why I want to rewatch it in IMAX. Um, Tiny was a big fan of that too, which I I probably should have reminded or asked him if he wanted to be on this episode. <laughs> but he, uh, but like in the moment at that point, I was already like, okay, I've been here for two and a half hours. No, see, no, that whatever fatigue I had was revitalized at that oh, point. Yeah. It was to me that whole. F- War sequence was great, and the mm-hmm. last fight between uh, Ocean Master and Aquaman was a lot of fun. That was a, I liked the setting for it, the pouring down rain on mm-hmm. top of this, uh, you know, ship in the middle yeah. of the ocean. I that was great. That was cool, and uh, and again, I'll have to see it again to uh, really appreciate it. But just at that moment, I was like, like I, it was like it was almost two o'clock. I'd been there since I'd been up since like ten thirty, uh, or no, up since like ten. And the movie started at 11:30, and I'm like, okay, this is. The, I'm I'm kind of ready to go home and eat lunch and watch like Netflix. Um, I will say this: the whole war scene I thought was funny because you know Aquaman's like, I'm gonna be your king, but first I'm gonna fucking kill a lot of you guys, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did you think of the mid credit scene? Because there was no end credits. It was okay. I mean, uh, I'm sure there's some Aquaman lure uh, Mm. that Aquaman fans will get. I don't, Mm. but it sets up Black Manta to come back, which is which is cool. I I like. Yeah, I I enjoy that character. So, Mm -hmm. and I like Randall Park a lot, and I hope that he has like a bigger role. I'm sure he does. I'm judging by from what you see. Mm. I'm sure that's a specific character from Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah. So. and also, uh, I, I like because he, I love that he like he's right, but these news people treat him like he's an idiot, and he's like, "You fucking idiots! There's been a, yeah. like Aquaman. We we know that there's an Atlantean. Why do right. you keep telling me that? It's like we have metahumans. Well, that's the thing, and I think that that's one of the problems that I had with it. The reason why I couldn't connect with the big war scene at the end is that throughout the movie, there's reference and Im- they're implying that they're gonna do battle with the surface world and that never happens <laughs> like they they don't like i thought the climax of the movie was going to be like oh them bringing it to the surface and no, saving that. I, I didn't that's see where that. i was leading that's to. i didn't see that at all yeah I, I i yeah yeah which i think i might get a better appreciation of it seeing it again knowing that that's not going to happen well first of all i i wouldn't i don't i don't need to see that because i mm-hmm. i'd rather see a giant underwater uh war scene yeah i've seen land battles right you know show, show, you know it did what it what i wanted to show me something different yeah so i really appreciated it oh yeah you uh we've we've talked about the bond movies you you've never seen thunderball i the only bond movies i've seen are like pierce daniel brosnan craig. and oh. daniel craig yeah uh thunderball is like the fourth one it's a sean connery one uh <laughs> The, it's, it's really cool. Uh, there is a fight, like the big climactic battle is underwater with scuba gear in like spear shooter things. And it's really spear cool. guns. Spear guns, yeah. yes. Spear guns. Spear shooter spear things. Spear shooter things. Do you also call regular guns bullet shooter things? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> your dad is a police officer. I know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's spear guns and it's, it's really like, I think that, You'd get a kick out of that. Fair enough. But yeah. Uh, what? Well, one more thing, yes. and I, I know it's silly. <laughs> you knew it was going to happen, mm-hmm. but I thoroughly enjoyed the scene where uh, Nicole Kidman comes back to Django Fett. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was, it was. It was sweet. It was. Like, it was. It was sweet. I'll, I'll give it that. You know, Jan- Django was. He held out, man. Yep. Yep. 
Uh, too bad he already cloned a bunch of. And apparently his son has a really cool gun. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that was in our Patreon recording too. So I think it was. Support us on Patreon yeah. to get, to that get reference. that joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Is there anything else to talk about with, with this? Um, I, I will oh. say this. I, I appreciate that. It did not rely heavily on referencing the other DCEU movies. Right. There's like only one. There's an offhand comment that Mira That's makes about Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Yeah. But other than that, you know, it just, I, I didn't need Batman to have a cameo. I didn't Same need here. it. So I, I was glad that it just, this is Aquaman. Mm-hmm. And you know, if that means that, you know, they're just going to continue on with Aquaman movies and the rest mm-hmm. dies, I'm not going to be happy about it, but at least right. Aquaman will live on. You know, what's funny is that if you were to go back like 10 years, and say like, oh yeah, you know, Marvel's doing this whole thing with Iron Man and they're gonna have, they're gonna have a whole big universe. DC's gonna do it too. And like down the road, they're gonna have Aquaman and then, but they're not gonna, they're not gonna need to rely on any cameos from other DC universe people. He's gonna stand on his own. Like I would be like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's Aquaman. Uh, is it Aquaman? What, the hell are you like, what do I know about Aquaman? Yeah. It's gonna start Julie Andrews. Wait, what? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't seen Mary Poppins Returns, but it would be amazing if uh, if Jason Momoa had a game. That. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, but Aquaman was was pretty good. Dolph Lundgren. Oh yeah, yeah. What the fu- like? I, that I, was one of those things where I was watching. I was like, is that is that is that Dolph Lundgren? Like I knew he was in the movie. I just didn't know where. And I he, had no. He idea. was almost unrecognizable he, as Dolph Lundgren. Like having seen him in Creed two. I thought, like, did they age him down? For, like, did they age everyone down in you, this? You know what? Here's, you got, you got to think. Uh, he's strictly underwater scenes. Yeah. And, you know, Volko oh, is underwater scenes, too. The amount of CGI they're going to have to do in all those scenes is enormous because, one, that's a very all hair effects have to be completely CGI. Yep. So I imagine there's some CGI effects to the faces as well. That's a really good point. I think I think you're right. Uh, but yeah, he, you know, he was in it. <laughs> he was, I, I enjoyed it. Like, he's not, yeah. he's not, doesn't blow me away, but I like Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. Right. And it's fun to see him in it. So, whatever. Same here. Um, yeah, I think that should just about do it for Aquaman. Yeah. Um, looking ahead to the DCEU, how are you feeling about it? I, well, I, I honestly, I don't know because I don't know what's coming forth. Right. Uh, right now, we don't have any other movies in production except for uh, Wonder Woman and Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Couldn't give two shits about Suicide Squad. Yeah. And uh, Wonder Woman's not scheduled to drop until 2020. Right. Which yeah, is weird since it's wrapped in production already. Right. And they're, you know, a year and a half from now is when they mm-hmm. plan on release it. I don't think that's a good sign for the DCEU. No. You and don't. Then we also have Shazam. Shazam, uh, I always, I keep forgetting about Shazam. Me too. Shazam well, looks like a lot of fun. It does. And the weird thing was, I, like, I don't know if it was in, in your theater too, but like, it, like, uh, the trailer played for Avengers. Avengers. Uh, yeah. Which, oh I was, God, that was amazing to see on the big screen. It was. But also, like, no Shazam trailer. I'm like, oh, I had a Shazam Did you? Trailer. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was like, I was like sitting there, I was like, what, like, what's going on? Like, did they forget it? Yeah. Um, no, I, I had a Shazam yeah. and a, an Avengers trailer. Oh, okay. So was the Avengers trailer in IMAX? It was. Oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah. It's great. God, I'm so excited for that movie. But anyway, um, <laughs> off topic, I was thinking like when Endgame comes out, I, it, we wouldn't be able to get the logistics down. I'm sure, but it would be awesome to get 
like the entire obsessive viewer family <laughs> on like a single episode. Oh uh, yeah, me, you, Tiny Mike, Kirsten, even have Tony on and do like a Avengers Assemble thing. So. Obsessive viewers assemble. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, we're talking about DC. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah. It, how do you feel about Joker? Joaquin. I, well, I th- I think Joaquin. There's not a whole lot about that movie that I dislike. I like mm-hmm. Todd Phillips taking on mm-hmm. uh, this movie. I love Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Mm-hmm. I love the different style of the Joker. Mm-hmm. So I am. I can't wait for it, even though I haven't seen any footage from it. Well, I tech. Well, I yeah, guess it's kind like of footage. Screen tests and yeah. stuff. And I, I'm excited for it. Yeah. I, there's a lot going into this movie that works for me. I think it has potential, but also I. I mean, who knows what they're doing? Like, if, are they going to do that side by side with the DCEU or is? That well, I don't be, think it's part of the DCEU. Uh, no, I. So I, I definitely know it's. I not. think it's you know it's just because he doesn't standalone. have damage tattooed <laughs> on his forehead. Fuck, I hate that <laughs> Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> um, the only yeah. good thing that the Suicide Squad movie produced was a good Halloween costume for <laughs> women. Sure, sure. That was it. You mean uh, Killer Croc? Killer Croc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, yeah. And well, I will say Margot Robbie did a good job in it. She did. but She did, but it, it didn't save the film. No, definitely not. Uh, so like yeah. Will Smith did a good job in it too, but you yeah. Know, so. Oh yeah. I I oh. want I want a second Justice League because I want to see Slade Wilson. Yeah. So yep. you know, th- they cast a good guy for it, mm-hmm. and I enjoy. I no need to get into it. I really enjoy Jesse Eisenberg's take on Lex Luthor. Sure. I want to see more of that. Uh, I just I don't, as it stands right now, see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if they're still going forward with the solo Batman movie. I don't even know I, if that's a thing. Well, that's the thing. Like in that has everything, like everything that I've read about that, like makes me excited for it. But also it's like Ben Affleck is like not attached to it or is it like there's rumors that he's not going to be Batman, but like it's Matt Reeves doing Batman. Matt Reeves did, I think Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which is um, incredible. The whole Planet of the Apes trilogy mm-hmm. Is fantastic. Absolutely. And he has stated that it's going to be a detective movie. Like, right. Uh, like it's going to lean on Batman's detective skills, which is something that I feel has been sorely lacking in pretty in much all any of the Batman movie. Batman yes. I, I'm excited for that prospect. Yeah. I still stand by knows? that Ben Affleck it might be my favorite Batman, and it concerns me that he's dropping out sure. of it. And I, I think that's probably a smart career choice for him because mm-hmm. I, you know, he probably sees the writing on the wall. Yeah. But it's, it makes me sad. Yeah. Uh, let me pitch you this. Christian Bale comes back as Batman, but in full Dick Cheney garb and everything. Sold. <laughs> sold on that. Nice. Um, ridiculous and then shoot somebody in the face yep <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it'd be pretty much in line right. with the DCU Batman. <laughs> oh god anyway uh so yeah hopefully that happens but like just the batman happens the movie who, who i um, mean at this point who knows yeah yeah uh hopefully knows hopefully the success of aquaman will galvanize mm-hmm. the dceu and let's talk about the success of aquaman like it, I don't, I didn't see the numbers or anything, but like I, I texted you and said like, yeah, me and Tiny are seeing it Sunday. We got the last two seats next to each other. And, and my, my theater was packed. Yeah. 
And so I'm extremely happy to see it doing mm-hmm. so well. I mean, it killed in China, which yeah. these days, the only reason that we still even have movie theaters is because of China. Right. Because they literally save box offices. Yep. And they save Transformers movies, too. Uh, they're not perfect. Sure. <laughs> sure. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it killed in China. So that's – I really love to see it being a commercial success. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully DC does, does well and everything, everything gets good. I don't know. I don't know how to transition. I I just hope it keeps, I hope it's enough to keep it going. Same here. Same here. We'll see. We'll see. I I feel like that I'm going to be a, uh, a lone fighter for the DCEU my entire life. Mm. You know? Yeah. Well, and I, and I always, preface it by saying i recognize where people have issues with it Mm -hmm. so dark tower (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh although fuck that movie but anyway um as a brief aside like it's funny because like i was going through my actually my voodoo um like library and everything and i have a digital copy of the dark tower of course you do yeah yeah and like i just i was scrolling through and i stopped it on the dark tower and I like looked at it and it was just like a surreal experience of like looking at it, seeing like the description. I think it was actually on Amazon video that I was watching it or looking at just the display. And like, I'm like seeing the words, the dark tower as a movie title. And then a description like Roland and the man in black are locked in an epic battle to save the universe and stuff. And I'm just like, this actually fucking happened. <laughs> Every time I'm in Best Buy and I always see it's, it's always on sale. And like the 4K, <laughs> yeah. the f- 4K was on sale for like $7. I need that for my collection. And I, like, I'm always tempted to send you a Snapchat. I'm Dick. sure I, I've done it before, but <laughs> you have, how, you have. How could they have? I can't believe they have all these copies. I've, I have that coming to me, really. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah. At least the Boba Fett movie's dead. Um, screw you. I wanted that movie. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So that's our review of Aquaman. Hopefully you guys liked it. Let, let us know what you thought of Aquaman. And, uh, yeah, this is a bonus episode. So we don't really need to do a puppery. Do you want to do a puppery? I, you know, the only puppery I would have had was Mary Queen Scots. We kind of went okay. over it. So yeah, cool. I'll, you know, I'll round us out with just a lightning fast bit of potpourri um have you seen this documentary on net uh, by the way potpourri is a <laughs> section of the podcast where we're talking about whatever we want as long as it smells good so to wind us down i'm gonna speak about one movie that i've seen recently i saw it last night i've been doing this netflix roulette where i just randomly pick a movie on my list and then play it and then watch it um i randomly selected the american meme have you seen this nope. documentary no nothing about it, about it. Okay, so it's a documentary about the dregs of society who are basically famous on social media. They're quote-unquote social media influencers um, who basically day in, day out, they are just grinding away at social media, trying to get likes, posting funny, provocative stuff. And they are wildly successful because the world that we live in today is is in love with entertainment that they can consume in micro chunks and – and yeah, uh, I have, I have a very strong bias against this social media entertainment celebrity kind of culture we're in because I am a lover of film and TV where people, you know, create art as a craft. Right. And like the communal aspect of it, like I feel like the idea of people being famous for being on Instagram or posting, posting stuff on social media is just a shortcut to bypass the art of, 
creating film and television and, and other entertainment mediums just to get a shortcut to the fan, the, the celebrity and the stardom. Um, so I was really predisposed to dislike this documentary and spoiler alert. I did not like the documentary. <laughs> um, it follows four people, uh, the fat Jewish who came under, fi- under fire a few years ago or a handful of years ago for basically, uh, uh, reposting other people's memes and work and taking credit as his own. Um, he, at the time he got, he was in line to get a comedy central deal. And when that scandal kind of came out, they dropped him. Uh, but he's Carlos still Messi all over again, pretty much. And he's like, still like he's, I mean, he's still at it there. I, all these people are, have more money than I'll ever see in my life, which is fine uh, until I become the first billionaire podcaster. It's going to happen, but it is. We have seven patrons. That's right. Subscribers. Um, so anyway, um, uh, so anyway, uh, they have him and this guy called Kirill, uh, who goes by on Instagram. He goes by slut whisperer. Mm. Um, Sounds classy. Yeah, these two guys, the Fat Jew and Slut Whisper, are these two guys in their like late thirties, almost forties. They're making a living just basically acting like they're twenty-one year olds. Um, particularly Slut Whisper, he gets paid thousands of dollars to go to clubs and basically pour champagne on drunk women and just you know be life of the party and just be a jackass yeah and and it's like and there's <laughs> the beginning the first half of the documentary is basically stating like showcasing like oh their life is so amazing the other two that they follow is this girl Brittany furlan who is like 26 and she's now in spoiler alert she's engaged to tommy lee <laughs> Um, yeah. Good for her. Yeah. And, uh, to her credit, she did characters on Vine and like, she was one of the top Viners and stuff. Um, but they like, they, and they showcase the first half is like showcasing like their lifestyle and everything and how they're all super like rich and, you know, famous and everything in the realm of social media. And then the last half, like they try to kind of put in like this, like thing about like uh slut whisperer is alone and like he's he's lonely and everything and like his his mother's uh pestering him about having kids and everything and he's like well I got to find a woman to do that or I need to I need to I need to be with a be with a girl to do that and I can't I can't with my lifestyle and everything and I'm just like world's smallest violin I don't give right. a shit <laughs> um so does it does the documentary cast him in like a a biased light no. or a, or an unbiased light or is it it feels like the documentarians didn't like it, uh, someone with an eye to um if someone were to okay here's the thing so the documentary does not necessarily go into what this means for our culture or what this means for their view of society and view of their life and everything like there's some light touches of like oh they're they're living really empty lives and everything they're just like us um but for the most part it's basically just a a way for them to like they don't uh, the documentary serves a lot of softballs at them because they're not um i feel like the imp- the impression i get is that the documentary wasn't meant to expose like the terrible like life of like the terribly empty life of the social media influencer instead 
like the documentary was just showcasing what a social media influencer is. And then the subjects of the documentary were using that to expand their brand or get, gotcha. like, get their brand out there. Uh, the fourth one that they followed was Paris Hilton. She's still around. She is. And okay. So, um, throughout the documentary, I was like, you know what? I kind of have a weird respect for Paris Hilton because she took like she was in she was a socialite she did she did her thing she became like she spearheaded this whole thing and then she for all intents and purposes kind of got out and like has like like a bunch of businesses that she runs and like she does a lot of like she transitioned into that but it's really hard to get behind her because a this is something i just will never understand um, she is ta- like the opening of the documentary. She's talking about like, oh yeah, I have all my little Hiltons, which are what her fan base calls themselves. And like, they, they call me mom and it's just this really nice piece of respect. And like, anytime I post anything, they're, they're always there for me. They're always cheering me on. It's like, it's just feeding a narcissistic kind of view of the world. And I was just like, first of all, Okay, if I become the first billionaire podcaster, no one call me dad. <laughs> like, like, fuck, like, let's put a pin on that for fucking ever. Um, like, no, I'm all set. Um, but it's just like, it's just so, such a weird disconnect. And like, that kind of carries through. Like, there's, there's points where she's like, you know, I, I kind of want, want to have kids, but I don't know if I'll ever have kids or anything. And like, it ends on a note that's like the most Paris Hilton thing. And like, it's kind of like this weird, I don't know if it was satire or if it was like meant to be comedic, but it was like, basically uh, it takes it to a whole nother level. I won't spoil it or anything, but the thing that I want to point out about Paris Hilton's segments in the, in the movie is that I like, I, there was a part where my reaction was literally on this couch to go. Oh, 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa, huh, huh. Because she is talking about how, like, she's telling her story about, like, how, like, you know, she be, she became famous and, you know, uh, she, she was, she got her start uh, being a, being a model, blah, blah, blah. And then she says, like, and then I was uh, on one of the first, like, reality shows for, like, cele- like internet celebrities. Like, I was on The Simple Life. And after it aired, um, there was this 30-second video of me and my ex-boyfriend that leaked. And You mean the porn that you promoted? No. Well, yeah, I Paris? think this was a different one. Because cause the porn, conveniently, the documentary doesn't touch on the porn that, that spearheaded the entire venture, the, her entire lifestyle. Right. That was clearly leaked for, you know fame reasons but again that's another thing that's like like i think to answer your question from like an hour ago uh yeah i think it it is a biased viewpoint like it's 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 painting them in a light that's more uh more positive than yeah than like i said being the dregs of society (laughs) um but anyway paris hilton literally says and i swear to god this is verbatim well, almost verbatim, but she says this almost exact thing because I can't remember exactly what it was. She's like, when that happened, I didn't want to leave my house. I just shut down. I didn't talk to anyone uh, for what felt like months. It was like I had been raped. 
And I was like, holy fucking shit. Are you serious right now? Like, and it's, and it's said with just like complete lack of self awareness. Just like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this documentary has lost me. Um, but one thing that did kind of, uh, very briefly hit the nail on the head was that like, uh, the shithead guy, um, slut whisperer, he, and another thing he's talking about how like, oh yeah, just, I, I gotta do the most provocative thing. I, I've gotta, I've gotta be as offensive as I can be. And like, it's showing like shit that he's posted. I'm like, oh, he's never going to work for Disney. <laughs> um, but he, uh, which is funny cause he, he actually had aspirations to be an animator for Disney. But anyway, um, he, uh, says, I think it was him. He says that basically what it is, is that they are trying to cast as wide a net as they can with their social media stuff. They're, they're going for the lowest common denominator. And I'm like, that is exactly why I fucking hate all of this. <laughs> like, because people like latch on, get millions of followers and everything. It's because they're doing the dumbest shit that's requiring the least amount of attention. They're homes, they're homes and Watson, Watsoning everything uh i think that's a callback to patreon anyway um because they'll get it yeah anyway uh patreon.com slash obsessive viewer um but yeah it's just it's a the documentary is not really not worth anyone's time i wrote a big long review on letterboxd about it though (laughs) um but yeah it's just it's oh yeah and another last big thing is that slut whisperer um Earlier in the documentary, he's talking about how, like, he's, he's getting, um, tweets from quote unquote haters who think that he is disgusting and, uh, how he's misogynistic and how it's demeaning to, uh, to go to clubs and just pour, pour champagne down women's throats and everything, which, yes, but he does make an okay point. That he's like, it's not like he's forcing, like, like these women are doing this yeah, because they want to, yeah. They want to be on the internet too. Yeah. So. But he's like, he's like at his parents and he's talking about how, like, he is basically responding to these trolls and, and these, these quote unquote haters. And like, it's like just like fat jokes at, at people and like just like really mean spirited stuff. And then later he's like, he's, he's doing like a five day, like, tour where he's going to clubs every night and partying and then on a plane to go to the next one. Um, and then he's, he's like, yeah, I posted, I posted this picture of me and it says like, I'll be dead tomorrow or something. Um, and then people were like, Oh, don't die before I get, to, before I get a chance to party with you. And he's like, it's just, it's just, you know, it's kind of fucked up that, you know, they don't care about me. I'm like, you were literally <laughs> just cyberbullying people and being a dick. Like, and you, you've made your entire, like, enterprise out of you know being as offensive as possible like i have no sympathy for you and also you have enough money just fucking stop yeah like that's no one's forcing you exactly so anyway it's the documentary is not worth the two hours i just spent talking about it but (laughs) um but yeah so much for that lightning potpourri i know yeah it's par for the course but and it's funny because this ended up this was supposed to be a bonus episode right. which is usually just oh just straight to the review but there's a full episode but anyway happy anyway. new year guys yeah. yeah um so yeah so i think that'll about do it i think me and tiny might have a one more episode uh here in the next week before like new year's eve hopefully we can get that put together um 
in time. Uh, it'll be a review of Roma. Um, if we don't, uh, then we will see you in 2019 with our year in review episode. Uh, yeah, so having said that, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. And Fekus, thank you for indulging me in that lightning potpourri. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't watch physical media that much. See, I, I still uh, watch physical media from, mm-hmm. you know, a movie standpoint, but I have a lot of, uh, like television series like i have oh yeah simpsons i have all the family guys up to a point i have mm-hmm. every single season of futurama but i can watch all these on on hulu exactly but i, I still like uh, what if hulu gets yeah. rid of it one day that that's true like uh like i have all the family guy but well, up until the obsessive viewer podcast is edited and produced by matt hurt and presented by obsessiveviewer.com for a full archive of our episodes, go to obsessiveviewer.com slash OV archive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer. And follow us on Twitter at obsessive viewer and at obsessive tiny. And follow our recurring co-hosts at I am Mike White, that's me, at R.A. Fekis and at burger underscore lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at teepublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda, at thesecularperspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash band. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.
kitty. 